0: I'm John.
1: And I'm Sherry.
0: We like home stuff.
1: We like talking.
0: And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home.
1: Today we're talking about our move to Florida and our first few weeks in our new house, including some downsizing challenges that we didn't anticipate, the things we overpacked, and what we really thought about those travel pea bags.
0: Who's ready for the first podcast from Florida?
1: Woo! Or Florida, if you're me. People were like, how can you mispronounce Florida? I'm like, it's a flaw sound, and John's is a floor sound.
0: Yes, Sherry's is the Jersey version of Florida.
1: Florida, and I say orange. I don't say orange like the rest of you.
0: Anyways, we are recording our first episode in this very weird setup that we are getting used to in our upstairs living room. Sherry and I are sitting very elegantly in bean bags. <laughs>
1: an upgrade from the baby chair.
0: But I wasn't in the baby chair most recently. In our office I was in a real legitimate office chair. Now I'm on the floor in a beanbag.
1: I like the beanbags.
0: We're going to see how it works out. It's what we've got for now. There's also construction going on next door so who knows what you will hear. This is not going to be our best podcast sound quality wise. Please forgive me.
1: But we have a lot to tell you so I think like information wise it's going to be entertaining even if there are weird bangs and echoes going on because we have so much to catch you up on. The last time you heard From us, we were still in Richmond.
0: Yes, and now we have been living in Florida for almost two full weeks, so we wanna catch you up on not only our move, actually getting down to Florida, but also like what unpacking and getting settled and all that stuff has been like. So let's start at the beginning with our moving day. We had talked on our last episode about our predictions for that moving day and things that we thought might happen or go wrong. And I'm happy to report that it was a great day.
1: It was really a great drive. There felt like there was no traffic on the road. We also, and I'm very proud of this point, Visited zero public places the entire time. Remember how I described it as we were going to seal ourselves in this car and just drive to Florida. John did break the seal to pump gas. So he left the car to pump gas in the open air. But even John did not enter, like, a building. There were no doors that we opened and walked inside. And it brings us to the update that... Everyone is asking me about. So sorry, John. I know you said you do not want to talk about the travel trons anymore, but my DMs are full of people saying I have to move or travel in the pandemic. How did the bathroom thing work out? And I got to say, guys, it was just absolutely delightful.
0: Delightful. That, I think, is a stretch for the description of the use of pee bags.
1: <laughs> it was. Flawless. I don't want to get too detailed, but our entire family had success.
0: And, no, 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 no. No. Oh,
1: John refused.
0: I did not use the travel John. I used nature's travel John.
1: He found a remote location behind a tree.
0: Yes, as our ancestors did.
1: I just got to say, I, I do not want to get too graphic, but to try it is to love it. I will say that I'm a very shy person, so I did make John leave the car every time. And same for the kids. We created privacy, whether you want to hold up a towel around the person using it, whether you want everyone else to get out of the car and just the person using it uses in the car. There's absolutely a way to do it where you're not like using it next to your spouse who's sitting next to you watching you because I could not do that at all. This has gone (laughs) way too far. Highly recommend. I'll put a link in the show notes and I would argue that it took about an hour and a half off of our trip. It made us so
0: I don't know if we could quantify it as that much, but I will say I did like them for the speed that they added to the trip because in addition to not having to stop for food because we packed all of our food in a cooler to eat in the car... So not doing the food stops or the bathroom stops really did help the trip go quickly.
1: Yeah, if you guys remember, my prediction was like, what I would love to happen is for us to all get here with daylight and for the kids to run around and see the house with the light streaming in and just like have this magical experience not in the dark. Well, that actually happened. It was dusky when we got here. We ran all around the house and even had the opportunity to walk to the beach. We didn't go on the beach, but we walked overlooking the beach and they got to see the waves and the sand and it was just like a very magical like I cried happy tears. The house looked better than I expected. The moment I really hoped would happen actually happened, which doesn't always happen. So I was thrilled.
0: And I'll add two other things I think helped the trip go well because it was a long day in the car, but everybody's spirits were up and I think a couple of things that we did to make the time go faster was to punctuate the trip with some milestones that we could celebrate. We repeated something that we had done actually on a road trip. Sherry and I took together before kids where we drove to my cousin's wedding in Texas, where every hour we took a picture of ourselves like holding the number up. So like if it was hour three, the kids held up three fingers and Sherry turned around and took a photo of them. But the other thing that we added that was a suggestion from our friend Miranda was to also celebrate every 50 miles. So at each 50 mile mark, We celebrated with, like, a little snack or book or activity, like, something new to keep spirits up in the car. And the nice thing that I didn't really anticipate about pairing these two celebration markers is that they, like, played nicely together because, you know, every hour is obviously every 60 minutes, but every 50 miles is, like, about every 45 minutes or so. And so along the way we had several different moments to celebrate because sometimes they would like coincide closely but sometimes like the 50 mile mark would happen right between the hour and so I think we're going to use that trick when we go back and forth to Virginia to visit family as well.
1: Yeah I will say that I think it made us feel like we were making progress because there were little post-it notes and I'd write 50 miles yay 100 miles yay and I would you know hold them up and be like yay guys 100 miles here's a snack or like yay guys 200 miles here's an activity sheet I printed out for you.
0: Yeah we also celebrated going into each new state but like those are fewer and farther between so I think it was helpful to have these more frequent milestones so I recommend that for any road trip anyone is taking of any length
1: right And maybe I'll put some pictures in the show notes of like the post-it scenario and I also will link to a magnetized um, license plate game that we used it was super fun a neighbor of ours had moved across the country with it with her kids and said it was so nice and she was paying it forward to us so that we could use it with our kids. And it just was super fun to do that with them. And from travel johns to the magnetized game, I will put them all in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast.
0: I also wanted to talk more specifically about some of those predictions we made in the last episode because I predicted that something weird would happen the first night. Nothing did.
1: Well, there was something weird that happened the first morning. Oh, yes. I'll set it up for you like this. Six in the morning. We're all awake because we're on East Coast time. And remember, we're in Central time.
0: We also have no curtains at this point. So the sun rises at like 545.
1: Right. So we're all awake and John's outside with the dog and he's like, guys, 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 get out here. Come out here. And what did our eyes see?
0: Not a possum, as Sherry had predicted.
1: But kind of a possum. It was an armadillo. And have you guys ever seen that meme that says, like, possum? And then they show an armadillo and it says, like, tactical assault possum. I've seen it because you guys tag me in everything possum related. And I was like, oh my gosh, we predicted that we'd see a possum. And John even said, that would be a sign. And in the front yard, lo and behold, we see A tactical assault possum.
0: I think that's a bit of a stretch of a sign, but I'll give it to you.
1: I feel like the universe was like, I will send you Florida's version of the possum, which is the armadillo.
0: I didn't even know Florida had armadillos, but I Googled it later and they do. It's not just Texas.
1: Right. And then we mentioned it to our realtor and she was like, get out of here. I have never seen one. And she's lived here 15 years. So I just felt like that was a very special sign that this little armadillo that nobody sees normally came out and said hello at five in the morning to us. On our yard,
0: So now you guys can send Sherry all of the armadillo memes and pictures just like you've been doing for possums for years because she has moved on to this new type of possum.
1: I've just added one. I still love possums and now I love armadillos.
0: The only other prediction that came close was that we guessed that one of our appliances would break and nothing really broke but we did discover a small leak on our water heater.
1: Yep we have a little bowl on top of our water heater just catching water.
0: Yeah we'll eventually swap it out for a tankless so the bowl will do for now.
1: Yeah it's fine for now.
0: And a few days into living here, one of the shelves on the door of the fridge broke. Like, we discovered when we were, you know, unpacking and use it for the first time that one of the shelves, you know, like on the side door where you keep milk or condiments or something had cracked and someone had like glued it together with something.
1: It was like spray foamed together. It was very confusing. So of course it cracked right off when we put something in there. Guys, I've duct taped it. And let me tell you, this is a very fancy fridge. It says Roper.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you've ever heard of the Roper brand.
1: It's a division of Whirlpool, I think, from like 30 years ago. But you know what? It's still going strong. And when I shared it on Insta stories, like 10 people were like, I've had a Roper forever. Those last forever. They don't make them like they used to. So I will take a broken side door shelf over like a dishwasher spraying water everywhere any day. So we're feeling just fine.
0: But there's obviously been lots of other things going on since we've been here these last two weeks that we want to get into as well. But first we have some updates. So two episodes ago, we talked about astrocartography and how I wanted to get Sherry a reading from this woman named Patty Carlson who had been profiled in the New York Times, but I was having trouble locating her. And I made a big point of asking your help in getting her contact information so I could get Sherry a reading to find out, based on her birth data, where in the world she should live.
1: Yes, it was like a horoscope meets a prediction meets a map. Like she was going to tell me where myself needed to be living. And that is such a good gift for me because I love those like predictions and woo-woo things. And I even made a point to say, and oh, you Googled it? John's really good at Google.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) as soon as that episode came out, the DMs started coming in that were like, oh, did you check pattycarlson.com? Because it seems to work for me.
1: Yeah. People are like, I Googled her name and the first thing down from the top is her website.
0: I felt very sheepish in that moment because everyone's like, uh, duh.
1: It's Uh, right there. It's
0: right there. And it was right there because as soon as we got the DMs, I checked and yes, there was her website you <laughs> But I had read this article and tried to plan this before Sherry's birthday back in February. So it was not there. And I guess she put it up sometime between that time and the episode coming out.
1: Yes, it's much more recent, I think.
0: Yes, and so I eagerly emailed her because her email and her phone number was right there. And then after I sent the email, some of you started making me paranoid because people were like, I think this is like suspect and maybe like a catfishing thing because the website, if you go to it, is very, very rudimentary. It's basically like an email signature
1: right it is an email signature
0: it's like just a white page with like five lines of black text that is patty carlson's contact information
1: so what i said to john is fine to tell her things like my birthday my birth time not fine to tell her my social security number
0: i don't typically send social security numbers in my initial email to someone anyways
1: (laughs) hi this is my date of birth and also here's every other identifying detail give her your mom's maiden name i
0: usually leave with the credit card number So I wasn't worried about my first email where I just introduced myself, but it did make me wonder what was going on here. So I was a bit suspicious in the couple of days after I sent the email and got no response. But the good news is, actually, the very morning that we left for Florida, I got a response from Patty Carlson. Her response seemed very legitimate and very thorough. And if this is a catfishing scheme, then she's doing a very good job at it.
1: <laughs> she hasn't asked anything pertinent to finding out our identities or getting money. Nope. But she certainly has asked a lot of things like the astral sign and the birth date and yes. the stuff that an astrocartographer cartographer should be asking.
0: Exactly. So we have started the process of getting an astrocartography cartography reading for Sherry. And of course, once it's done, we will share the results with you. I don't know when that will be, but I just wanted to update everyone to say I'm not terrible at Google, even though it looked like I was.
1: <laughs> it was the first result, guys. Don't you think John would see it? It's literally for <laughs>
0: But I'm also excited that we have this ball rolling and that hopefully we will have some fun intel to share in a later episode.
1: Yes, and the other thing I wanted to update you guys was not only was everyone saying like, duh, Patty Carlson's right at the top of Google, but a few people sent me the same Daily Mail article that was basically like, if you don't want to hire someone to give you a specific fortune about where you should live, these are generally where each star sign should live. So like Pisces should live in this specific spot, Scorpio should live in that specific spot. I will say the problem comes in to play when there are two people who have to be married and live in spots but aren't the same sign because sometimes they seem at odds.
0: Yes. Patty even said in her email that it's difficult to do readings for couples, which is why we're just doing a reading for Sherry because it's Sherry's gift.
1: Right. And also John doesn't care where an astrocartographer tells him to live. I just would like someone to say, you're exactly where you belong. And by the way, the universe gave you that armadillo as a gift. Right.
0: (laughs) I also learned her language is an analysis. It's not a reading or a fortune. It's Ooh, an analysis.
1: That sounds very like Very Wall scientific. Street. Yes. I yeah. feel like I'm ready for my stock portfolio. Maybe that's what she's going to ask me about next. And I'll right. give her all my pin numbers That then she'll steal my identity. Okay. But now I'm going to read to you from the Daily Mail where it says, A Pisces, like me, should live. I'm a classic Pisces, by the way. Everything always fits me to a T. So they say, when Pisces says they want to get away from it all, they mean it. According to Mrs. Fox, Mrs. Fox is the astrologer, her name is Kelly Fox, um, she says that Pisces want paradise and a world away from the rest of the world. I often describe this as paradise. If you guys know me for real, my friends are texting me, House Florida, I say it's paradise. So that is funny on its own. Secondly, it says emotional and sensitive Pisces wants a place like no other with its own mystery and magic. Second thing is all I say is magical trees. If you've been following me for the last month, I've been like, look at this magical tree. Look at this magical tree. It's magical. They're magical. They're live oaks. They're magnolias. And they're magical. So that is really funny because it's as if she took my two main words about this place, paradise and magic, and she put them in this description. Um, which, by the way, this article was written a long time ago. I just didn't see it until you guys sent it to me recently. And then it says, Pisces thrive near large bodies of water. Well, guys, we're a few blocks from the Gulf of Mexico, so I think we're near a large body of water, I feel very proud, because even if Patty says, oh no, you're meant to be in Kentucky, I'll say, I choose to believe the Daily Mail, I'm right. exactly where I need to be. I
0: would like you to consult with Kelly Fox, please. I'll be
1: like, but what about the armadillo? It was clearly a sign.
0: Uh, what about mine?
1: John's is never right. You guys, yep. I always say John is the least Scorpio to ever Scorpio. They always try to make John into this like slick player. Like they think he's George Clooney. It's it's like anyone to know John. Are you like, saying I'm
0: not like George Clooney? You're
1: very suave, honey. But you're like um, funny and deprecating. And you're not <laughs> like, like they always think you're like so into money and status. That's what's not John about you. He is the least into money and status of anyone it's I know. It's like
0: Wolf of Wall yeah. Street. It is.
1: <laughs> It's like they all think you're Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie specifically. And
0: I'm more like, what's the other guy?
1: You're like Jim from The Office.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's better. I was going to say Jonah Hill.
1: No, no, I wouldn't put that on yet.
0: Anyways, what is my horoscope?
1: Well, so, it's embarrassing. (laughs) It says. Scorpio comes alive in sexy, mysterious, and even dangerous places. That's so
0: funny, because those are the words I use for Fleur. I'm like, it's so sexy and dangerous. It's
1: dangerous. It says, Scorpio is a natural-born business person, so bustling corporate enclaves where others haven't come into the gold rush yet are perfect. Ah,
0: uh, yes. I would describe this as a bustling corporate enclave.
1: It literally is like she was like, okay, Scorpio is all about like power and status. Every sentence will be about power and status. It says, where there is money and power, there is seduction, excess, and a horse, and wait, and a horse, <laughs> and a host of Scorpios.
0: There's seduction and a horse.
1: He's a powerful stallion of a man. And oh, you know what I forgot to do though? I forgot to mention the places because it says places, like it gives examples. So oh, okay. for mine, it said Peru. Bali, New Orleans.
0: Okay, we're not that far from New Orleans.
1: Where we live is very Bali-ish. The water looks like Bali, the temperature feels like Bali, the magical trees.
0: (laughs) Says someone who's never been to Bali.
1: But I watched my friend Jess Lively walk through Bali twice, so I know about Bali.
0: You've been there on Instagram.
1: I've been there on Instagram twice. Okay, and also for John, oh, this is interesting, John. You'll react to the one I'm thinking of. It says Shanghai, Amsterdam, Bangkok, and Washington, D.C.
0: Oh, well, I did grow up near Washington, D.C., but it also sounds like it was describing New York City where we lived, and I did not feel like that was a fit for me.
1: You're just the least power and seduction driven person.
0: <laughs> but horses, I am, I seek horses. <laughs> All aspects of my life are driven by the need for horses.
1: There's just one horse. <laughs> a single solitary horse. <laughs> Go to the land with one horse. <laughs> oh, I can never get over this. I'll still be laughing about this in an okay. hour. Okay.
0: Well, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. So if you want to look at your, I guess, geographic horoscope. according Horse. To- <laughs> horoscope.
1: Geographic horoscope.
0: Anyways, just head to the show notes to look up yours. See if it's right. If you're a Scorpio and you feel like this is perfect, I would love to know. I should figure out what sign I'm more like.
1: No, the thing that someone told me is there's like a moon sign or a rising sign or a, a, a lotus. There's some, there's some other sign and you're exactly your moon. Like you're exactly whatever the other sign is, oh. which I think is a Sagittarius or something. But they read it and I was like, that's John.
0: Okay, we'll look into this.
1: We'll figure out your lotus. <laughs>
0: Okay. well, the other thing we wanted to talk about today was that, you know, we've been here for about two weeks and unpacking and moving and getting settled in has been quite an ordeal. And it was not something that we necessarily, I think, predicted to go the way that it's gone, because I think, you know, we've talked a lot about downsizing and paring down and all that went into the preparing for this move but i don't think we put much thought into what this part of the process would be like the back end of downsizing where you're actually like taking the things that you pared down and making them work in your new house
1: yeah i think the way that i would describe it is that like we all know that you have to get rid of things to downsize right so like we've been doing that for two solid months you've watched us we've sold half of our furniture we've gotten rid of half the stuff that was in our huge kitchen because we have a much smaller kitchen here. Like we cognizantly knew that we wouldn't have physical space for things so we went about getting rid of things and we believed that in essence is downsizing. It is but I think there is a second huge part which is like when you land in your much smaller house with fewer items like you've already pared down there is still the act of finding a system and a storage space and a placement for the items that you've kept. So an example I'll give is like, we have 15 photo albums.
0: And these are like old school albums. So they take up like a whole shelf. These are not the thin family yearbooks we've been printing like as a bound book more recently. These are like from pre-kids.
1: Right. These are from like growing up in our childhood. And we've said we're going to digitize them eventually, but that is not the situation right now. Like right now we have 15 like leather bound photo albums. Yes. And so when you get here, there's not a pairing down. You're not like, well, I'll keep three. Like you are keeping all of them with the intent to digitize them eventually, but you have to find a spot for those. And so what I didn't really account for was how it's very physically demanding, but it's also a very mental task. So I would find a space that I'd be like, I bet I can get all 15 in here. And I'd put them in and I could get 11 in there. So then I'd take them all down and I'd bring them into a cabinet in the kitchen. And I'd say, maybe I can put them in this not used like corner cabinet. And I would try and I could get nine in there. You keep moving things around and photo albums are just one very specific example. But think about like stationary and office supplies, like your mailing envelopes and your stamps and your checkbook. We like to keep them together I don't want in order to pay a bill to run around and get like the envelope over here but the stamps over there like you want to keep things together and so it's a long-winded way of saying that we underestimated getting here how easy it would be in fact I said I think unpacking the pod will be so much faster than packing the pod like putting things in so carefully to fit everything took so long but then to take it out you just take it out right yeah but what I was failing to think about was you don't just take it out you take it out and you have to find a space for it
0: Yeah, I think we take for granted, especially after you've lived in a house for a while, like we were in our Richmond house for seven years, like things have a spot, things are organized, it just seems obvious, like, yeah, that's the shelf where the photo albums go, but you don't necessarily have the congruent space in your new house, especially when you're downsizing. So we didn't have an obvious shelf for some of these things or an obvious junk drawer that was as big as our old junk drawer where we had all the checks and all those things. And so everything took mental work to figure out where it made sense in this new house. And I also think this house has some shortcomings in that department because we knew it was going to be smaller, but it also doesn't have a lot of built-in storage systems. There are things we're going to add along the way, and we're going to get the house to the place where it is very functional and very organized. But like, for instance, right now... Our house has three closets.
1: Two and a half, I say, because one of those three has like a water heater and a HVAC system in it. Yes. (laughs) So like packed. And people are like, wait, you have three bedrooms. Don't you have a closet in your room and your kids? No, no, no. Our son has a little closet, but our daughter has no closet. Currently, we're going to add a closet system for her. And our bedroom, our master, has no closet as well. So it's just one of those things. Another example would be like stuff we used to keep in the mini mudroom by the door. There's not a mini mudroom by the door for us, you know? And we've watched other people. I think it was really interesting because we moved on the exact same day as Clea from the home edit. And a ton of you were like, I've been watching both of you. Oh, my gosh, it's so interesting. Clea moved in in one day. Like, she had the entire house unpacked in one day. And I said to John when we were going to bed, like a week after still working on this and not being unpacked, and I said, how did Clea do this in one day? And John made the point that, like, when you have congruent – spaces like if she's going from packing up one pantry to another pantry of a standard size or one mudroom to another mudroom of a standard size
0: because we assume she went to a similarly sized or larger home
1: yes and it's definitely a house that's like a new build that she has like all these systems already built
0: yeah and that's the other thing about some of these closets is like we hadn't built in the storage systems yet like our linen closet only had one shelf at the top so like one of the first things we had to do in the first week here was like add new shelves so we had like six shelves to put things on
1: yeah and you guys it's insane it's insane you <laughs> Just having the shelves in that closet, I told John I was on a high. I unpacked like six or seven or eight boxes into this one skinny little linen closet. But it's such a demonstration of shelving and vertical storage is so effective because before we could just like stack things on the floor or put things on the one hanging bar or the one shelf. And so adding a shelving system in there, it got like so many things off the floor. It was so helpful. Similarly, in our laundry room, I'll put a picture in the show notes because it came out so cute. We built like a shelf over the washer and dryer. It doesn't rest on them. It's suspended a little bit over them.
0: It's like a countertop.
1: Yes. And two shelves above that for storage. And it is super helpful to have those two shelves and that counter because suddenly we have all this storage space for things in there. And so I think that's the other thing. It's like if you're moving into a new construction or a home that's already been perfectly fixed up and has all the systems and you just have to load things into the systems. And if you're going lateral with your space, I think it's definitely a much faster unpacking process. Like you literally can label boxes one through eight as pantry and then unload them into the pantry. Yeah. Whereas we had boxes that said pantry stuff there's not a pantry here. So we just had to land and figure it out.
0: Yeah, I think I was just surprised how much that was going to impact the speed and the efficiency of the unpacking process. Because I think the other thing that has been a challenge versus when we did some of our other moves is that we don't have spare space here. Like we don't have an extra bedroom that we can just throw boxes into. We don't have a garage that we can just put stuff in in a pile and think about later. Like everything came in and was in the way of a space that we needed. So we had to deal with it. And I think that was a challenge, but also kind of a good guideline for us because I think it forced us to deal with things and not put them off. Like the reason we have every single box already unpacked and now just two weeks into moving is because we had to. We couldn't put things off.
1: Yeah, I know. I will say that, that we probably have lingering boxes to unpack in every house we moved into for months and months because we had that spare space. We had that... Spare bedroom we could put them in. We had that garage we could throw them in. And so here not having an inch of spare space has sort of shifted us into like what I would call immediate processing. Like we could not put it off. It was immediately dealt with and processed. And so it has just been physically and mentally very exhausting because nothing is autopilot, right? You just can't autopilot put stuff away. But I do think there's something very settled feeling about this move that we haven't had in any other house because we are doing that immediate processing. And then we're finding the solution and we're like there.
0: This is probably the fastest we've ever hung art on the walls in a new house because we needed to get it off the floor.
1: Totally. That's absolutely true. And also I always tell people the way that your house finally feels like yours is when you hang art. And I made that mistake of holding off on that for so long in so many places. And we just landed here and I immediately was like, you know what? I'm going to hang art. Yeah. Like I immediately hung art in the kitchen to hide an electrical panel box that's in the middle of the kitchen. So I was like, I'm not even going to wait to have lunch. I think I hung that within... Five hours the first day of unpacking.
0: And we should point out that a lot of these things may not be their permanent places or the permanent solution for things, but it was helpful to kind of rapid fire have to figure things out over the course of like, you know, 10 days or so because you just had to make decisions. You couldn't overthink a lot of things and we will have time. We have plenty of time down the road to think them through and adjust and improve and fine tune stuff as we do more decorating and, you know, get things in their final spots. But I feel kind of proud that we've gotten to this spot that we are at now because it is working really well so far. And the pod is, well, I was going to say the pot is empty. The pot is not empty. The pod is unpacked. But the other thing we wanted to talk about is after we unpacked everything and we found spots for most things, we realized that we still had too much
1: stuff. Yes. I heard from so many of you who said, don't think that it's uncommon or shameful or bad to have a second pairing down when you get there. Often you just can't tell what of the things you bring you'll actually need. And what would we say? Would we say about 50% of our stuff was downsized in Richmond before the move, and then maybe 20% of stuff in the pod is not staying with us? So we did another 20% shave.
0: Yeah, of the things we brought, we probably have a fifth of it that we're not using. And so we've put it back in the pod as we go through the process of getting it donated places because we found um, like someone who recently lost their home on a fire here, someone who also. lost their home in a hurricane a couple years ago so we found some ways to put these things that we don't need to good use and I think by the time you guys hear this, the pod will be empty and we can actually get it picked up and out of our yard.
1: Yeah, I would hope that by the time you hear this, there is not a pod in our yard anymore because this pod has been full of our stuff for over a month. Someone said, Oh gosh, do you pay by the day? And I said, No, you pay by the month and it already rolled over to the month. Like when we were still in Richmond, I think it rolled over to the month.
0: It rolled over our first day here.
1: Right. So, like, because remember, guys, we had to pack it ahead of time and send it ahead of time because it took time to get here. And so we have been kind of leisurely about it because we're We're not being charged by the day, and it's actually kind of like a little garage out there, a holding zone for the donation items.
0: I call it our on-site storage unit.
1: Right, but none of it is actually our storage. It's all outgoing things going to other families. So hopefully by the time you hear this, not only will this stuff be all donated, but the pod will be picked up. Someone said, wait, is the pod your guest house? (laughs) I was like, kind of. It could
0: be. But I think the interesting thing is that the stuff that is being donated is mostly not big stuff. Like we didn't bring too much furniture apart from one big armchair that we just didn't have a spot for. It was more oversized for this house than we thought it would be. And then I guess there were two nightstands that we brought just in case, but we realized it was more helpful to use like dressers with drawers as nightstands instead of like little small nightstands. So that stuff got donated. But most of what was excess or things that we didn't have room for were smaller items. Things that I think we like put in the pod because we're like, well, it fits, it's small, and we can figure out whether we need it when we're there.
1: Right, exactly. There was like um, a lot of decorative accessories, books, picture Uh,
0: frames picture picture frames frames was the one that surprised me the most because i think we thought about this house and like yes the rooms are smaller we can't have as much furniture we thought how that would restrict us on the big things but i didn't think about the fact that like smaller rooms means less wall space and also this house has a lot of windows
1: so i can look at the magical trees you guys it's beautiful we have so much natural light in this house it's amazing. And the windows are the art, like truly. yeah. This house is modern and surrounded by beauty. I don't look out and see sky. I see green. I see leafy trees from every window and every point of view in this house and it's beautiful. And the art is just like, some rooms here have one or two pictures hung on them. Yeah. In Richmond we would probably on average have six or seven pictures hung in a room. Like there was a lot more wall space. And here there's just glass everywhere.
0: (laughs) Well, and on that note, the other thing that we brought too much of that we're donating is Sherry's collection of faux fiddly figs.
1: Yes. Okay. There's a phenomenon going on here, guys. And the minute we brought things in, I was like, ew. Ew. I turned into um, Jimmy Fallon. You know, that character where he's like, ew.
0: I was saying you turned into a fake plant snob.
1: I really was. I was like, these look awful. These look so fake. And I realized that it's twofold. It's one, so much natural light. Can't get over it. Like seven or eight, eight panes of glass in each room is normal. And so you see things... With all that natural light that you don't see in a darker home, meaning plastic plants look plastic. And I think the other thing going on is out the window, there's all these lush real things. And so the contrast of this huge glass panel that's framing real greenery with a little fake greenery next to it in this really light-filled space that highlights that it's very plasticky looking, it just is weird. Like things I thought were incredibly realistic, like these faux ferns I had that looked real, like people would touch them and think they were real, here look like garbage. (laughs) They look... (laughs) so bad in this house. It's kind of, I think, like picking a paint color based on it looking good in a different house. Yeah. The lighting is different. The surroundings are different. The reflections through the windows of the real leafy trees are different. And so, zero faux plants work in this house. I think I have like three faux succulents that I kept because the succulents look as real yeah. as a real succulent. But all my fiddly figs that are fake are in the pod.
0: Except for your tall one that we're sitting next to because we're waiting to replace it with another tall real plant.
1: Right. It's it's just a placeholder. But it's guys, it's a kind of a bleak placeholder. It's, I'm not going to lie. The real plants look so much better here, but the good news is I got a lot of real plants. I carried a bunch from Richmond in the car. Not carried. I put them in the back in boxes. Actually, nothing was on my lap except for a chihuahua for the drive guys. It was pretty nice. Yep. Also, this is going to shock everyone. I need everyone to sit down and take a deep breath.
0: Find a bean bag everyone.
1: <laughs> Find a beanbag. Settle in. Try not to make loud noises while recording a podcast in the beanbag because they can be a little bit squeaky.
0: I don't know what you're about to say.
1: Guys, my beloved Christmas tree from Richmond, that we fought tooth and nail to get into the pod, came inside, had the same problem as the figs, looked incredibly fake, also has a huge radius. It's like six feet wide. I think it's five and a half feet wide. And there's no spot for it. There's a spot to store it, but there is no spot to actually put it up and be able to get to the sofa and get around in the area that we want to put it upstairs. And so we are going to have to purchase either a narrower tree that's faux or... We're going to go real, which I know it's incredibly frustrating to make room in the pod and bring something all this way and then decide it doesn't work, but it's more frustrating to store it all this time, bring it out when it's Christmas, realize the radius is too big and it looks kind of fake with all this light and there's not really a place for it. So I'm at peace with it. But I'll have you know that all of my feather trees are in fine, beautiful travel. I got my bottle brush trees here perfectly. Nothing got damaged. That's
0: the example you should have used instead of photo albums, where to store your bottle brush and feather trees. Because
1: they can't squish together. The bottle brushes get ruined if they're squished. So I did find the perfect place when we added the shelving to the laundry room. They're in there. And every time I open it up, I'm like, look, it's Christmas. Yes. (laughs) It's beautiful.
0: Well, and on the topic of fake plants, I think we should transition to what we're digging this week. (laughs)
1: Okay, so I'm digging the plants that John sent me for Mother's Day. It's from a mail-order company called The Sill.
0: They also have a store, I think, in Manhattan or Brooklyn.
1: Oh, that's cool. The thing I like about these, this was not my idea. I had never, like, asked John for this. John came up with it on his own. The kids were really cute. They were so excited to pick them. They presented it to me in Richmond and said, I know it's Mother's Day and we're in Richmond, but we sent you two medium-sized plants to our new house. And when we get there we're gonna, you know, have a ding dong and they're gonna be on the doorstep. A ding dong doorstep delivery. We're gonna have a ding dong.
0: We're gonna have a ding dong. You mean we're gonna have someone come to the door? As the saying goes.
1: There will be a ding dong.
0: This was not a rocket science gift. We have heard Sherry talk about on the podcast how much she wants to bring all of her plant babies and so when and I
1: got a lot in the car guys I got way more than John said I could and I said just watch me I'm a person who believes in myself and I got a whole bunch of the car I did leave some behind for the new owner she expressed interest in a big fig I had and I could not have gotten that in the car yeah. comfortably and I also didn't want to hurt it so I'd rather leave it healthy in Richmond than get it here looking all bedraggled and yeah broken. they don't
0: like to be transplanted anyway so yeah um, but no, I knew you wanted plants and we didn't want to give you anything for Mother's Day that was going to take up room in the car at that point. And so I figured having a plant delivery, you know, a ding dong.
1: A ding dong. <laughs> it uh, was genius because nothing had to come with us. And then when I was here, it basically felt like a housewarming gift and a Mother's Day gift because I immediately had these two beautiful plants. I will tell you, if you order from the sill and they arrive, open them outside. I learned by opening my first one inside and a whole bunch of dirt got on the floor. They pack them really well, they try their best to keep the dirt in place, and they say this side up. The side that said "this side up faced down when it was delivered. So I think they're at the mercy of the delivery person. Yes,
0: the ding-donger.
1: The ding-donger. From
0: ding-dong, Texas. The
1: ding-donger put it upside down like a ding-dong. And so I opened it inside. It wasn't like a torrential downpour of dirt. It was like maybe if I put a handful of dirt on the floor, but it wasn't the best experience. Yeah,
0: but the plants were well-packed. Like they arrived nicely and the pots arrived nicely. Yes,
1: I was going to say the pots, guys. The plants are beautiful and they're a nice big size. John got me two mediums and they're big. Like they can take up a side of a console and completely be done. Like you don't need anything else. They they hold their own. And one of the pots, I'll put pictures in the show notes, but one of the pots is this like beautiful scallop design that is like, so me, if I designed a planter, it would look like this planter. And then this other one is this beautiful, soft, like mint, um, misty mint color. It's like a gray mint. And it's, Subtle and beautiful and perfect. And the thing that I think is worth it about it is truly the pots are beautiful. The plants are good and healthy and easy. They come with actually a care card that helps you know like what kind of light and what kind of water.
0: Yeah, I was going to say they're not the cheapest way to get a potted plant in your house because you could probably find... A pot and a plant for much less. I think they were about $50 each. But you know, if you think about it as comparable to delivering flowers to someone, like you send flowers that can be easily 50 or 60 bucks, and those are going to die at some point. So at least this will hopefully live much longer than flowers.
1: Right. And it comes with those beautiful pots because you know, the flowers, you get the like cheap clear vase usually. Yeah. And this you get the beautiful pottery. Like I think sometimes you can buy a beautiful pot for Thirty dollars and a plant for twenty dollars, and end up with this fifty-dollar delivery from the sill. Except it came to your house. It was already potted, and it has that care card. So I agree that when you compare it to sending flowers, I think it's a much better deal. Maybe don't get every single plant in your house from the sill. Maybe send the sill as a gift to someone for something special, or get one for a special occasion. But most of the plants can come from like a local nursery with a pot, and then you're not averaging like fifty bucks a plant.
0: Right? Exactly. And what I'm digging this week is going to shock everyone.
1: It's truly a shocking development. This
0: is when you really need to grab your beanbag and sit down. I am digging, me, John Petersick, am digging baths.
1: Something happened.
0: Something did happen. (laughs) And it is that I ordered the wrong size shower curtain rod for our bathroom here. And so when we arrived to Florida, we didn't have any way to put up a shower curtain. And therefore, we had no way to shower. And therefore, we were all forced to take baths.
1: And guess what happened, guys? John saw the light.
0: I kind of liked it.
1: He was like, it's so perfect. You can adjust it to your own personal temperature, and you can just hang out in there. And also, for anyone who asked me about that Delta tub, it's a really cheap tub. I think it's $250. We used it in the duplex, too. I will link it in the show notes, because people said, can a big adult bathe in one? And I said, I probably can, but probably not John. John has been loving it. Yep. I can,
0: it. I can stretch my legs out all the way in it. And yeah, I, I, I'm I not a bath person typically. I actually never took a single bath in that nice big freestanding tub we put in our master bedroom back in Richmond. Like, I didn't use that once, but here I am in this tub in Florida living the life.
1: Living the life.
0: We did eventually get our correct size shower curtain rod delivered, and so I'm now back to showering, but I kind of miss my bathing.
1: Yeah, sometimes I want to put a bathtub out in the yard under the magical trees.
0: Um, That's called a hot tub.
1: I am going to get a hot tub, but maybe a bathtub out there too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Young House Love has a podcast where John took a bath and he liked it. I thought
0: you were going to say Young Horse Love has a podcast.
1: (laughs) And we always really appreciate it when you rate, review, and share our podcast.
0: Yep, and if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can leave it right in the app and it's a big help in getting others to find our show.
1: And we always love to hear what you do while you listen, like Molly on Twitter who listened to our episode about what reality show you'd most want to be on. And when she asked her husband, he revealed that he'd once made it to round three on American Idol and never once mentioned it to her in their seven-year relationship. Wow.
0: (laughs) And in this week's show notes over at younghouselove.com slash podcast, you can find photos of our new laundry and linen closet shelves along with Sherry's new plants.
1: And a link to that Daily Mail article with your geographic horoscope. Later. Bye.
0: I think the construction next door is dropping trees.
1: They're or- like, I think they're moving logs is what it feels like. The I, ground is shaking. I have to investigate. John's going to go look. It's got to be like huge brace pieces of wood or timber.
0: Oh, it's giant slabs of concrete.
1: I mean, that tracks. The ground is literally shaking like Godzilla's walking around. I don't even
0: know where they're taking them
1: from. I'm very sorry for the sound quality, guys, but it's real life. It sounded like John just had some gas. That was just foot. That was my foot Ah. on the floor. Ah.
0: Allow me to settle into my beanbag. Oh, gosh. Get
1: into the beanbag. This is not comfortable. The key is you can't move in the beanbag at all because then you realize how sore your butt is. Yeah,
0: you can't stand up.
1: You just stay exactly in one spot the whole time.
0: Okay, so what are you digging?